as I said, this is the feast commemorating St. Paul, our patron saint. And at first I was thinking about it, he's kind of a, a, a bum rap because it's really not about St. Paul, it's about the conversion of St. Paul. All the other apostles get their own day, you know, Thomas and Bartholomew and Matthias, they, they all get their own day. But he's got to share one with his own conversion. He gets one later, but he shares it with St. Peter, the two great, the two great uh, bearers of the church uh, have to share a day in July. So it seemed like a bum rap until I realized, well, isn't that, in fact, isn't that what, in fact, all of his work was about, was calling us all to conversion? And, of course, not necessarily as dramatic as his. And let's remember his for a minute, because that reading didn't do it justice. That reading uh, is, the I think, the third of three tales of his conversion found in the book of Acts. The one most of us know well, better, is the one where, uh, sure enough, the bright light, sure enough, Saul, Saul, why are you persecuting me? It hurts to kick against the goads, uh, all that sort of thing. But that first one, he falls blind. Remember that? He falls blind. And he is blind for three days. Now, he's on his way to Damascus. He's got a reputation for having, as he attested here, for having persecuted the followers of Christ, the, the people of the way. He's been persecuting them, even leading to death for many of them. And he's on his way to Damascus to do just the same. And he is struck down. And he has a whole cohort of men uh, over whom he has authority to get this work accomplished. And so a few things that strike me about this. What usually gets the attention, at least I always think, is the bright light and the voice. But what gets my attention right now is the three days after. And I can't help but wonder, when was the conversion? You know, was it the bright light and the voice of, of Jesus from heaven? Was it when he was upended and tumbled to the ground blind and had to be, had to be led by the hand? The story actually says he was led by the hand. He couldn't see anything not forward from backward, not up from down. He had to be led by the hand by a baby, by the men over whom he'd previously had authority. So it's, that might have gotten his attention if the other two things hadn't. The loss of control, now here's a man, here's a man, Paul is a man who had a great deal of control. He was proud, wasn't he? He was proud of what he knew. He was proud of living the righteous life. He knew how to do it. He had enough health and means to live a righteous life. And here he was blind. Uh, I don't know if you remember, but blind people can't be righteous, right? And so he goes into a fast. He goes into a fast, and for three days he doesn't eat or drink. He's doing everything he can to make it work. It's an act of humility, but it's also an act of an old order, of a past life. He's hanging on. He's trying to control what he might. Maybe that got his attention. What about being blind in a town that knew you were coming 
to take the lives of fathers and sons and mothers and sisters? What about being blind in a household where you likely knew no one, where you had come to persecute, and where you couldn't possibly see someone who might be coming to strike you down? What about living in terror in a town that you had come to terrorize? Maybe that got his attention. Maybe all these things got his attention. Maybe the conversion was happening all along. And yet there's one other moment. If you remember the story, the first time it's told, not only is it told with the blindness and the three days, but do you remember that a man, a faithful man named Ananias, at the time that Paul, Saul fell, Ananias was told by God, go to Damascus and lay your hands upon Saul. Ananias says, are you kidding? I know him. He has a reputation. I'm not, I'm not going to him. But God does not retract the command. And so after three days of whatever it is Paul might have experienced, Saul might have experienced, here comes Ananias. And he takes his trembling hands and he places them on Saul and he calls him brother. Saul must hear the footsteps coming. He must wonder if this is the one. He feels the hands of a stranger. And he hears brother. And he can see. Maybe that got his attention. Maybe all of it did. But thereafter, Paul became, more than anyone else, the one who, except Jesus himself, but who in the early church, calls us to conversion, is constantly calling us to leave behind what we thought we knew because God is so much more. He's constantly calling us into conversion. We're invited on an occasion like this to think about those things in our own lives that maybe we've had to give up, maybe even regretfully, maybe a belief that was cherished, maybe something we just no longer accept, it feels childish, maybe maybe some way of knowing God in the past that we seem to have outgrown. And we wonder, in fact, if we have lost our faith. When, in fact, if Paul's story tells us nothing else, and he does it in so many ways, it's that the certainty and confidence he knew early in his life, he knew exactly who God was, and he knew how to stay on God's right side, he knew how to serve God, that he, that in fact God was so much more than he had ever known or experienced. And that's the invitation for us, that God is so much more than we have ever known. Now, what we have known of God is holy and real and truthful, and I'm not trying to take it away, but when the time comes that it seems to slip away, because as we grow in our maturity and faith, it does, 
things slip away. We can no longer quite believe sometimes what we once could. The invitation is to see that as the very call of God to follow, to learn, to come into a deeper relationship, to learn to love and serve and lean into God in new ways. And that this is a lifelong journey, a lifelong conversion, discovering that God is always more than we can know or experience or imagine, and yet that God is always calling us into that very relationship in deeper and newer ways. God is always more. And when we forget that, when we hang on to our old ways of experiencing and knowing God, God becomes less and less. Really, a God we can keep in a box and take out now and then. But God is always more, as Paul learned, as Paul conjoles us in all of his letters. He encourages and corrects us to enter into a truer, deeper relationship with God and with one another as a community of faith. Our growth is not based in our confidence or our certitude but in fact that growing edge of doubt, of wonder. That's the life of faith. That's the life of becoming who we've been given to be. And that's the life of knowing God more and more fully. Amen.